0: good morning jubilee good morning man this is our men's inheritance uh meeting Uh, we meet uh every month and uh i just want to welcome all of you to worship the lord with us this morning this morning it's especially important for us to to worship because when when we worship the word says that he comes Jesus comes to inhabit our praises, and we need him present with us more than ever. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you. We thank you, Lord God, that when we worship, Lord, not only do you come, but Lord, you are seeking those who worship in spirit and in truth. And so we submit our hearts, we submit our lives to you. As men, Lord God, we choose to be the lead worshipers in our households, and we just thank you, Lord God, that that you have called us to do that, and when we worship, Lord God, that you are our defender. Hallelujah, hallelujah. We We just give you praise and thanks for all that you are And Lord, all that you're bringing us into, Lord, as we step into Jesus, Lord God, as we step into you, Lord God, that that you are bringing us up to sit in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So we give you praise now, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen, amen, amen. Yeah, let's stand. my strength, the peace of God is my defense, the love of God
1: is my hope, and I live in the faith of Jesus, I praise you, I praise you, you are good, you are good. My king, I
0: triumph in your praise, I stand in your salvation, Jesus. It's not up to us, you know, that, that it's not our goodness, it's, it's, it's not our strength, it's none of that, you know, it's, it's all Jesus, you know, if he didn't come, if he didn't die on the cross, if he didn't triumph over death and rise from the dead, we'd all be sunk. I mean, it would be really... I mean, you think it's bad now. I believe that what we're seeing in the world today is just a glimpse of what it would be, just a small glimpse of what the world would be like if Jesus had never shown... or God had never uh, shown his hand of mercy upon us. It's only his hand of mercy that stays the devil from destroying us. Because his purpose, the devil's purpose is to steal, to kill, and to destroy, right? And you see that happening all around us now. Stealing people's joy, stealing people's hope, you know, all of that. And and he's doing that. And and I, I believe the Lord is allowing people to see what it would be like, you know, And that's what hell is like. Hell has no glory. Hell has no grace. Hell has no mercy. But God is merciful. God is full of mercy and grace. And that's why we praise him, you guys. That's why we need to lift up our voice and and, and just praise him for for saving us from all of that. Amen? Amen? So let's sing this a couple more times and just, and just just from your heart just praise him because he is worthy. The Lord, it drives the devil crazy because all that he wanted was praise. He wanted praise and recognition for himself. And when we give it to the Lord, it drives him crazy, you know. So so this, this, is, this is a song that, that, that we sang last time. And your, your job is to shout, praise the Lord. And to shout, bless the Lord, O oh my soul, okay? Yes. You'll hear when, when it's time.
2: Amen. Let's praise the Lord one more time. Jesus, we praise you. We extol you you in the earth today. You are Lord of all the nations. King over all kingdoms. Ruler over all judges. Leaders of the land. You are Lord over Gaza. Lord over Israel. You are Lord over the nations. We praise you. We praise you. We praise praise you we will blessed hold our name. place in praise we will stand in salvation yes. in praise your praise blessed be your name Jesus blessed be your name glorious King. praise you hallelujah hallelujah Wes thank you so much again band guys
3: wow thank you I just feel like that was a, a, you can all be seated for a sec, uh, a sound from heaven, a, a reminder for the Lord to say, here, just take a note. This is one of your strategies for victory in this current hour we're in. Because praise, Psalm 149 tells us, it binds kings in fetters of iron. It shuts down principalities. And um, it's what happened When Midian and Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir came against Israel, well, now Israel has its enemies with Hamas, Hezbollah, and possibilities of just multiple things happening. So praise rises above and and causes God to show up. And when God shows up, he has the ability, only person, only one I know can turn our enemies against each other and leave them dead. And in the kingdom, what I'm believing for dead now is dead to yourself and alive to Christ, and multitudes going to come into salvation in a great way. Praise Jesus! Wow! Welcome everybody online. We're glad you're with us. I want Eddie and Abakri to come. I do not uh, come on up, uh, but I don't want to. I'm sorry to tell us Eddie and Rami and they're moving to Florida uh, just in two weeks, less than two weeks. And we're going to pray for Eddie, but I ask first, he's carrying really a a vision in his spirit I'd like you to share.
4: God has given me a heart for men because I I identify very strongly. It looks like the Lord has given us a lot of responsibilities. Sometimes we feel that we don't have the recourse, the power to carry out the responsibilities. But the Lord said, I am your recourse. I am your recourse. What I want to share with you real quick here is what the Lord has been showing me about what he's going to do in this place. And uh, the Lord gave me this a little while ago in Hosea 10, 12. If you go to Hosea 10, 12. It's all about preparing myself for what is coming. Am I prepared? No. Nope. Is it coming? Yes. In Isaiah 10 12, the Lord says, Sow for yourself righteousness, reaping mercy, Yahshed. Like said. they say in Hebrew, break up your fallow ground, Eddie. Well, it is time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness on you. What is it like, Lord, for righteousness to be rained on me? Pastor Steve has been sharing this for years. He said, Forgiveness like a water hose. Remember that? Where you forgive everybody all of the time. And you come to the point in your walk with God when righteousness is laid upon you, when you are, you are unoffendable, as Larry would like to say. You're, nobody can really offend you because you have been affirmed by the Lord. The Lord showed me this. He said, blessed are those who hunger and thirst, not after power, not for recognition. Not to have a great ministry. Good as those that is. But for righteousness. And there's a promise there that is going to come as Uzziah confirms it. For they shall be filled with righteousness. You will be filled with righteousness only if you hunger and thirst for it. It's not going to come automatically. So that's where I am, and it, it is coming. It's going to be huge. And God is going to make this place ground zero for what he's going to do. A whirlwind of righteousness shall come to Jubilee like you have never seen before. The seal of the Lord of hosts will do it. Nobody's going to claim that it was their prayer that made it happen. Nobody's going to come forward and run ahead of the parade. The Lord is going to do it because it's good as we always sing and His mercy in us forever. This is the word of the Lord that the Lord has given me for years. And uh, I believe it's for us men. Now the way we become leaders in our homes is by being servants. The Lord Jesus said that to His disciples if you want to be great in my kingdom, you must become a slave. Now, the English translation did not like the word slaves to loss, so we decided it was too too harsh, and we're gonna call it servants. Because it has a negative connotation. A bond slave is a willing slave who is willing to serve in the lowest place Because the affirmation comes from God and from Him
3: alone. Is it okay if I pray, "Placerste"? Absolutely. Why don't we stand up? Because you're going to yes. release a blessing. Yes. We want to receive. Yes. Lord, I thank you for man, this man,
1: Lord.
4: You have called us to replace. We represent you as father, as husbands. We are inadequate for the task, Lord, but you are more than able to bring it to pass. We thank you. I thank you for this man. Whatever trauma we've gone through in the process, you bring healing to us this morning. I bless them, Lord. I say, Grace to you. Grace to you. Peace from him who was and was to come. I'm from the seven spirits before his throne. I'm from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, firstborn from the dead.
3: Amen. Now, now let's stretch out our hands and pray for Eddie and his family. Uh, the scripture you, you gave me over Eddie when I was just signing a card a few weeks ago was simply that most All men or most men, but I think it's all men will proclaim their goodness. But a faithful man, whom can you find? Lord, we thank you that Eddie is faithful in all things, and particularly in your word in prayer, to see you have your access. I've watched this man, we've watched this man, whether trials, testings, where he would continue to return to you, and not let the testing drive you from him, drive him from you, and you have caused him to carry an authority, we receive the word of God you've given, that we are to charged, and we ask you to multiply, as Eddie leaves, with 20 men of his caliber and power and authority, young and old, whoever you've chose to build together in agreement, the things that you want to bring on the earth today in this hour. We bless Eddie and Remy as they travel. This is the beginning of another new season of favor and breakthrough and blessing. Give them uh, safety. You said you'll bless our coming out and our going in from this time forth and forevermore. So traveling mercies from the mover's taking their stuff across country to their flying across country to the establishing in their new home in Florida to their new, his new assignment of work, his gifting and engineering, his, his skill in this field he's going to be serving in. May he exceed and abundantly beyond his wildest imagination as you exalt this man in the place you prepared him to be and prosper them. And Lord, we do all of us in our hearts say, Lord, send him home again, back here. Maybe after you've given him a million dollars and he's reestablished his life and his kids' education is all paid for, however you bring him. But Lord, we just thank you that he is a part. He's laid foundation here. He's prayed. He's 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 bled. He's cried. He's, he's sought you. Now God, reward him openly and bless them. Get them into a beautiful congregation to serve and to be a blessing in. And establish them in the land that you placed them for your purpose. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Yes, praise the Lord. Well, you guys can, yeah, thank you, Eddie. I tell you, I think today's a, a prophetic day and strategic and and even your departure is strategic. Sometimes when God gets ready to do something, he really establishes it. And then he also makes it even that much more bittersweet, how he brings it about. Can you bring me back up, uh, Hosea, what we just, Eddie just read? Because I saw the next verse. We get to, I get to see it from that screen. I think we need to... It's a, ref- it's a statement. I, re- I came up with the title and a purpose for which we were gathering before Israel's invasion. So Eddie read, sow for yourself mer- righteousness, reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground for it's time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness on you. That's the charge over the church of, of the earth today in, in the church of Jesus Christ to engage intentionally on that level and then verse 13, unfortunately, states the case of so many places and so many hearts. You have plowed wickedness. You have reaped iniquity. You've eaten the fruit of lies because you trusted in your own way in the multitude of your mighty men. When we transfer trust to any place, any person, anything other than God, it's subtle and it takes, it, it drifts. And when that drift takes to a place where God has to deal with it, it usually becomes quite uh, an abrupt shift. Therefore, verse 14, tumult shall arise among your people and all your fortresses shall be plundered. And shalom, shalman, plunder, as shalman plundered Beth Abel in the day of battle. A mother dash in pieces upon her children. Thus it shall be done to you, O Bethel, because of you, your great wickedness at dawn, the king of Israel shall be cut off utterly. Now, I haven't looked at those verses since we read through Hosea, so I'll stop there. But Israel was caught completely off guard because God allowed that to completely happen because He's going, he wants it to be a national... Reformation, a return to the, to the king, to the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, for the people of Israel, and to the Messiah, the Anointed One, whom he appointed. Jesus, Yeshua, God's intention is for hearts and salvation. Sometimes the only way those happen is because we drift. We just finished, if you're reading with us through the Bible today, we finished Kings, Second Kings. And you read... From Josiah on this rapid demise of, a, of which even though it would be like twenty two years twenty three years before Jerusalem was completely destroyed and and always again pointing to a a, a posture of heart and, and rebellion against God until it was no other choice that he could have but to deal with it in the way he had to deal with it and the breaking of covenant, the, 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 the self-righteousness that, I, that Israel lived in in those last years from Manasseh on is typical to America today and typical to probably every nation that's, you know, keeping a form of godliness but denying the power to have access to hearts and lives. So I just think there's something really strategic on that. So I, wanna, I came up with the term agreement agreeing with God the power of agreement just like I wrote this two weeks ago so before Israel's invaded and before Israel was invaded the Lord pressed on my heart again I'm, I've, I'm pressing toward the objective for the, I'm pressing toward the, to the for the reason Christ called me uh, to, to apprehend what he apprehended me under him all of us should be that way till the last breath of our on the earth as young as we are, as old as we are, just there's, to fulfill the purpose that God apprehended us for. And he had been dealing with me about our prayer times on Wednesdays and that they were to move to intercession. In fact, about six, every day I come in on the Wednesday, I, I pray from 10 to 2. I try, those are my watches I like to be present in. I, I started off two years ago, and I'd title each day, I'd say prayer and fasting, and then I'd put the date, and then I'd follow the Lord, and whatever he was saying, I was hearing him saying the people, every scripture read, I'd note it down. And then about a year ago, we went into prayer watches, because I felt God say, we need to get more focused on agreeing with the word of God and the spirit of God, and that we're not just praying our own Whatever. So we we're just going to really try to, as Isaiah 62 says, five verses of God declaring, this is what I'm going to do in Jerusalem. Then in the next two verses, 6 and 7, he said, therefore I've set watchmen on my wall. And they're not to keep silent. They're going to keep me in remembrance. They're going to put me in remembrance of what I just said. You go, why would God need me to remind him of what he said? Is he forgetful? I mean, does he have, you know, memory loss? No, he wants to build up a people, his people, into likeness, to, to a like Christ-likeness. We, we, I ask the Lord, we would make us Christ-men, men like Christ, matured. So he says, I want you to learn to believe with me, agree with me, see what I, you don't see in the natural, see in the spirit partner, and flow, grow until, until we, you have, you're as much confident in what I've said as I am in what I said. As Abraham proved. Abraham proved, he said uh, I'm convinced that whatever you promise you can perform. So I'm, I'm going to go forward in whatever you're asking me to do. So that maturity is happening. And then about six weeks ago, I changed the title on my, on my notes. And I called it intercession, and it just began to be. No, this is the intercession is beyond agreement because it, you you place yourself inside the prayer until the prayer is answered in fullness. Agreement we can be in agreement without it costing us. We can be willing. We can say Amen. But in intercession, there's something more of of uh, being placed inside the prayer, and to the prayer is fulfilled. And Jesus, the greatest intercessor, is the one who demonstrated that perfectly. He came to earth because there was no intercessor, and his right arm began to be the intercession. He identified with our sin on earth so that he could then take upon himself our sin and remove our sin from us. Now in heaven, he's our high priest. His job is intercession. To identify with us his righteousness, his victory, his triumph, his position. So his prayer first was to identify with us so that he could then become a willing sacrifice to the Father. To become judged, to be condemned, to be cursed until sin was exhausted, till sin was removed. And now exalted. Glorified at the right hand of God, his intercession over us is for us to come into the full identity of who he is. He's the firstborn among many brethren. So this strong work. Therefore, the Holy Spirit's on the earth to intercede through us or over us also. So that the whole, if you think about it, the whole outworkings of the salvation is going to come as a result of intercession. Romans 8 says through the Holy Spirit we come into the fullness of the salvation. And Hebrews 7 says through uh, the intercession of Jesus, we are come into the uttermost of salvation. So I anticipating God's intentionality to radically mature his church, us in like agreement so that there's no disconnect from where we are from what we see. We see things, we we feel things, we recognize things as as they are, but that's reality. We live from truth. We live in truth. We we walk in that sanctification that comes from the spirit of truth and the truth in God's word, the truth that's in Jesus. So, Father, I ask you today now, with those things in motion just baby steps but they're in motion they were set in motion before events would call for them now the events have happened and are continuing to happen and are calling for it but I pray that you would take us men and the men all men especially the men in Jubilee forward into our assignment before you we would not we would not um, pull back we would not pull back we would not pull back. We would walk with you. We would learn to walk with you because you have such authority that you're to distribute to us on the earth in our submission to you and only through our submission. So I pray for help right now. I pray for help. I pray, I pray, I pray for help. Holy Spirit, none of this is possible unless you are sent in a much greater fashion, in a much stronger anointing. The so Boldness. Father, that you would confirm this salvation with signs and wonders and miracles and gifts of the Holy Spirit, as you will. We thank you for what you're doing now in Jesus' name. Amen. So today I read in Luke, uh, our reading in Luke today, that there was a Jesus was. A leper came to him. He was fully immersed in his, in the disease all over him. That's what, and he says to Jesus, he he implores him, which is like the sound of a begging, please. But he says, if you are willing, you are, you can make me clean. And Jesus put his hand on him and he said, I will be clean. And immediately he was healed. That took me back to Romans 8, 4, which is uh, Abraham's conclusion that brought him into the levels of maturity that he walked through about you are able to perform what you promise. A promise is a God declaration I am willing. A promise is a voluntary self-committal. I am voluntarily self-committing myself to you in promise. And when God makes promise, it's as, as, as assured as Jesus saying to a leper in, a, in, a, in his desperate cry, I am willing, be clean. The difference between that encounter was it took a, a minute or two or three or four. Dif- sometimes promises take a year or two or a decade or more. And that is where the maturity grows because patience is the is the key of growth. With faith and patience we inherit the promises. So, this is a this is this moment now. I'd love for you men to really pray into being part. We're going to make Wednesday nights intercessory prayer, practicing, hearing, praying, and petition, in, in intercession. We're going to grow and learn that. We'll all learn it together. I'm learning it through 2024. If you want, and uh, the focus at at the current moment is Israel. America, the nations, and the maturity of his church, or the awakening of his church. Now, that's pretty much everything. But if you, we're going to begin to, by the hand of, by the leadership of the Holy Spirit, by the word of God, and by our position ourselves in the conditions of that intercession, watch things change that have nothing to do with man changing them. Man, man's been trying to fix things. I've been born again for 47 years. I I remember the, the God and Country movement that began. I remember the God and Country, and I was I was right in there. I was right on the I was right on the front lines. I thought, this is the greatest thing. We're just going to get the truths of of God into the government and rescue the government from its terrible place. Now, it didn't work. And the only reason it didn't work is we shifted our depend- our, our, our belief in that we were the ones to bring the change instead of God was the only one who could bring change. And when God becomes the only person, that's when we cry out to him. That's what it said in 2 Kings. He'd say Israel would, or, you know, judges constantly, they would go off and forget God, he would leave them into their devices, they would get into captivity, bondage, and would be treated harshly then finally they'd cry out to God and he would send them a deliverer. I think we're at that crying out to God moment and we're going to see the Lord irrespectful of people political agendas of, dem- of party lines, even belief systems to begin to be used by God for his purpose and yield to God, and we will see terrorists become apostles, and we will begin to see what we're longing for, but it will be in concert with with the Lord. He looks for people who can agree with him before you can see it, who can be confident of something before it's completed. Now, all of us that I know, all of us in this room, you've already responded to the Lord like that many times in your life. Therefore, you're perfectly prepared for this time. And um, you, it would take time, it'll take time. Again, if you have the time and you're retired especially, come and join us for a couple hours during the, uh, during the Wednesday watches, intercession watches. And then come and be a part. 5.30 in the, in the chapel, we'll meet all who are present, want to be present, want to be a, per, a participant and hear what is the Lord saying how are we going to shape that evening what's the focus then we're going to have multiple people leading and we're going to always have an open mic and we're going to just start going into this till we begin to not only know what God's telling us to pray but we begin to hear God say it's done and when we hear God say it's done we'll move from prayer to praise we'll move from intercession to just celebration and to hold that place of celebration till, it's, till all the earth sees it. But we'll already know that we already heard, and, we're, and that is not. We're, we're talking macro, but I want to bring it in a moment to the micro, because nothing works from the outside in in the kingdom. Everything works from the inside out. But it's it's happening. So you, uh, I'll give. Let's start with Israel, because it's a big it's a big conundrum. Israel is not a righteous people any more than America is a righteous nation. The the populace live the way they want to live, just like America lives the way she wants to live. And there's an intentionality of God to save Israel in the midst of this war and bring redemption. As much as he wants to reach into Gaza, into the hatred and dark hearts of, of ancient hatred and save those caught in darkness and tomorrow morning i'm going to try to open up the door of how do you partner in the always keeping stay in the spirit of jesus so that you're walking with jesus in concert so that you we don't drift out of the spirit of jesus and we'll talk about that but let's just talk about six years ago i was in israel at the wall over at the Temple Mount, western wall, and it was a nighttime, and I'd just gone there to be, be there. I would always love to go there every time I'm there. And as I stood over there, I saw fire and war all over erupting all over Temple Mount and throughout the land. And at the same time, while there, the Lord had given me. This was January, February uh, 2017, uh, right after President Trump's inauguration. He gave me Psalm 2. Uh, Cami called me on the phone while we were going to a, a gathering uh, with them, where we were having interns working with uh, an Israeli school, and she said, "The Lord said Psalm 2 is the key." to hold to, and I, I, I started reading it, and started declaring it, and I started seeing this was indeed what the battle was being drawn over, the, you know, um, why do the nations rage, and the people plot a vain thing, the kings of the earth set themselves, and rulers take counsel together against the Lord, against his anointed, saying, let us break their bonds in pieces, and cast away their courts from us, he who sits in the heavens shall laugh, The Lord shall hold them in derision, then he will speak to them in his great displeasure or in his wrath and distress them in his great displeasure. Yet I have set my king on my holy hill of Zion. I will declare the decree the Lord has said to me. You are my son, today I have begotten you. Ask of me. I will give you the nations for your inheritance and the ends of your earth for your possession. You shall break them with a rod of iron, dash them to pieces like a potter's vessel. Therefore, be wise, O kings. Be instructed, you judges of the earth. Serve the Lord with fear. Rejoice with trembling. Kiss the Son, lest he be angry, and you perish in the way when his wrath is kindled but a little. Blessed are those, all those who put their trust in him. At first, it was kind of a difficult psalm to just pray. But I committed it to memory, made it a point of my proclamation, began to say it every day over unto the Lord, because there was half of it. You're just thinking, gosh, that doesn't sound like the Jesus I want. You know, you're going to break them in pieces and dash them to like Potter's vessels. You're going to, you're going to, you know. But I also understood something's being communicated to me that I don't have in my grid about His rulership and His reign that's coming. And that helped me. And then uh, Psalm 110 became the next psalm. Which incidentally, I hadn't made a purpose of choosing those psalms. But they're the most quoted psalms in the New Testament. And they framed the New Testament theology. Or they were used as confirmation that this had been prophesied about a, a suffering Messiah that would be raised from the dead and glorified. Jesus even quoted this psalm to ask the question to the Pharisees, whose son is the Messiah? And they said, well, he's the son of David. He said, well, how can he be David's son when the Lord said, sit at my right hand? The Lord said to my Lord. How can David say to the Messiah, my Lord, if he's his son? So he had to, he was recognizing a very truth that when Jesus was raised from the dead and became the Lord and was put in this position that's the son of God according to David's seed his according to the flesh Jesus was born by the flesh but he did not become that glorified son of God till the till to his ascension to his resurrection to the place where fellowship with him now and Jesus was shaking The mindset, because Israel could not believe, were not prepared for a suffering Messiah. They could not see a suffering servant. They were looking for this glorified king. So they missed him. But when he rose from the dead, the glorified king, they refused him. So, but but again, these two psalms right now, if you'll declare these over Israel, over America, over your home, your family, our mind, You will be in perfect prayer, perfect agreement, because this is truth stated forever and fulfilled in Jesus. The Lord said to my Lord, sit at my right hand till I make your enemies your footstool. The Lord shall send the rod of your strength out of Zion. The Lord is Jehovah there sending to Jesus the rod of strength out of Zion. Rule in the midst of your enemies. That's what Jesus plans to do effectively through us. In agreement with him your people shall be volunteers in the day of your power in the beauties of holiness from the womb of your morning you have the dew of your youth the Lord has sworn and will not relent you are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek or a simple way you might I I like to return this to the Lord you are a priest upon my declaration that you're my king of righteousness when, you, when I've declared you my king of righteousness, then you occupy the priesthood. And that's Zechariah chapter 6. It's totally prophesied. Again, nobody was ready for it, so no one's paid attention to it. But here it is, the prophecy. The Lord is at your right hand. Now, this is Adonai. This is not Jehovah. So the Jehovah, the Lord, or Hashem, however people, different ways they'll be said, said to my Lord Adonai. Now it's Adonai is at your right hand. He shall execute kings in the day of his wrath. He shall judge among the nations. He shall fill the places with dead bodies. And he shall execute the heads of many countries. Now I've been declaring this for six years. So you can imagine at first you can not go it just doesn't sound very nice. But it's but it's going to be he can only do these things. He can only do what he can do. We cannot execute kings. We'll execute the wrong guy. If I was in charge at the first church, first century, and I had authority to deal with people as I felt was best for the church, first person I would have eliminated was Saul of Tarsus. Wouldn't you? And then we'd, we'd, we'd be missing two-thirds of the, church, of the New Testament. Because God knew what he planned to do through that man and to be the witness. So, he will execute the heads of many countries. He will drink of the brook by the wayside. Therefore, he shall lift up the head. Now, again, these two psalms, unto the Lord, declaring them in the atmosphere, into our life, our marriage, our children our work, our family, community, to the nation, to the United States of America, does a number of things. It puts us inside of truth and it begins to take out of our hand the answers and gives him the freedom to move as he chooses. And that's gonna, some of the things he'll do is not going to be what we would think he would do. And some of the things he doesn't do were things we thought for sure he would do. and But he's calling us into himself. Jesus said, sanctify them by thy truth, Father. Your word is true. Psalm 83. The last for the macro. Now, as Israel broke into war, I am practicing now, and I'll share how we. I'm practicing in a minute, but I'm practicing to... to to intercede into the place of, okay, I'm going to come into this agreement with you. And you can look at a lot of scriptures, and I've now since this one, this one's the, this, the safest one, besides praying for the peace of Jerusalem. That's a very generous and important place. But this is a psalm about an invasion that never had been recorded having taken place so it was a prophetic psalm some thought it would be in the last days of the tribulations others have thought it could indeed be something that would take place present and then position Israel into a new place before things began to unravel I'm not sure but it certainly sounds a lot like today so I don't think I can go wrong by declaring this and I know Israel Needs to cry out on beginning this level. Do not keep silent, O God. Do not hold your peace and do not be still, O God. For behold, your enemies make a tumult, and those who hate you have lifted up their head. They have taken crafty counsel against your people and consulted together against your sheltered ones. They have said, Come. And let us cut them off from being a nation, that the name of Israel may be remembered no more. Now we know enough. To the news feeds we're all aware of is that this was much more than just a group inside Gaza that got riled up and decided to act out. This was consp- this was conspirate. This was a confederation, and it has the potential of expanding rapidly. And They said, they consulted together with one consent. They had a confederacy or a covenant against you. This is a war against God and his anointed one. Israel is the recipient because they were the carriers of the covenant and of the promise. And even Messiah has come through their seed, through David's seed. So the war then focuses there. But it's against God. The tents of Edom, and the Ishmaelites, Moab, and the Hagarites. Now we're talking about all of those who are intermarried, inter—they're cousins. This whole Middle East is a, full of cousins, and have different places in which. Why God often tells us in America, you can't go solve the problem. They're your cousins. They're all interrelated in and no man could now come righteously deal with it. It's going to take my hand to deal with it on the heart level and get men to accept and change and transition, move that direction. But, but here's a listing. Gabal, Ammon, Amalek, Philistia, the inhabitants of Tyre, Assyria has also joined with them, and they've helped the children of Lot. Pause. Deal with them. As with Midian, as with Sisera as with Jabin at the brook of Kishon these are two wars that take place in the book of judges and i went and looked this up because if god gives me a scripture to meditate as a place of agreement i want to get in as much of it that's i want to un, un un find that so i took my little concord you know my little center divi- center column reference and went on a little journey and if you can go through judges 4 through judges 8 judges 9 and you'll, these are two stories. Deal with them as with Midian. Midian was the nation that oppressed Israel during the time of Gideon. So this is—they're asking. We need you to respond like you did with Gideon in the in delivering Israel from the Midianites, which is a very powerful story. And God very supernaturally created an army that was so thick you couldn't number them. And caused them to destroy themselves. Then he said, as with Sisera, as with Jabin at the book of Kishon. Now, that is the story of Deborah and Barak and um, Jael. Sisera is the king, is the commander of the army. He had a thousand chariots. And Jabin is the king of Canaan. And this, they're all two together. And they were annihilated, a thousand chariots or ten thousand. And God just destroyed them under the hand of Israel and then killed Sisera in the tent of Jael. As he slept, thinking he was safe, she took a, a tent peg and a hammer and put it right through his temple and let, he died. Who perished at Endor? who became refuse on the earth. Then it says, make the nobles like Oreb and Zeb. They were the two nobles that were captured back to the Battle of Midian with uh, Gideon. The Ephraimites got into the battle and they captured Oreb and Zeb and killed them. And then uh, uh, Gideon went into pursuit of the kings, which were Zeba and Zamuna, And he captured them and killed them. And they, all of this, now it's back to what they, what was their heart. Let us take for ourselves the pastures of God for a possession, which is a stated purpose to annihilate and remove Israel from off the land. Oh my God, make them like the whirling dust and like the chaff before the wind. And as the fire burns the woods and as the flame sets the mountains on fire, so pursue them with your tempest and frighten them with your storm. Fill their faces with shame that they may seek your name, O Lord. Again, the reason I love the Psalms, especially their war Psalms, because they speak to God to deal with an enemy without naming names and, and making. Personal. They make it more about if ever you want to get God in a battle, you got to make it about him and not about you. It's about his great name. It's about his promise. It's about his covenant. It's about coming again. And he then says, yeah, I'm here. And we're then disconnected because the wrath of man never works the righteousness of God. And tomorrow we'll talk about the flip side of this, inside of this. You've got to have both hands. That's why maturity, it takes so much more maturity as believers to agree with God because we we can't see it on a horizontal level or we'll always think about it as what would benefit myself and benefit man and what would be to our benefit when sometimes that's not at all the way, you know, before the throne there has to be a cross and we say let's skip the cross and go to the throne. We just, but that's not God's way. He's given each of us the responsibility to die daily so that the life of Christ could be manifest in our mortal flesh. That's not our, that's just what Second Chronicles chapter, excuse me, Second Corinthians chapter 4. So we we can, you know, like before I started reading all the Bible again, I, could, I just ignored the parts I didn't like. Now that I read the whole Bible, I have a total, I have a massive, Fear of God and super respect for him, and Raki, I appreciate Jesus more than I ever have because he had to take upon himself all of the all of the consequences to undo them in order for God to deal with me in christ and what a what a sacrifice, what submission what Willingness, what union he carried as a man, the most rejected man the earth has ever had, and the most loved son that walked on the earth. It's, it's it it makes my life feel like nothing. Why am I whining about everything? So he he so now he says, I want they need to know your name, Lord. Let them be confounded and dismayed forever. Yes, let them be put to shame and perish, that they may know that you, whose name alone is the Lord, are the most high over all the earth. That's who God revealed himself to Abraham when he came back from the slaughter of the kings in Genesis chapter 13. And that's who he was going to be revealed through in, the, in these last days as the most high God. A possessor of heaven and earth. So, okay, those, this just, those are three chapters I'm now behold holding before the Lord. So, I want to go now to the micro, and how does this? How could something like that ever? How would you do that? Um, Jesus said in John. Ten, John eight. I'll, I'll take you. There are three signs of discipleship. There are th- John marked Jesus' words of what a disciple of Christ will look like, and what we will what will be unique to being a disciple is more than a believer. A believer believes, but a disciple is a disciplined follower, and a disciple. Is in one that can become a follower in in all of the Jesus's ways. John eight verse twenty, uh, verse thirty. John eight thirty. The first sign of the disciple is given, and he spoke these words. Many believed in him. Then Jesus said to those who believed in him, who believed him, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. So. Believing is the beginning. It's not the end. It's the door into. I believe in you. I believe you. But he says, well, if you abide in my word, you are my disciples indeed. The word abide in the Strong's Concordance is to stay. It says to stay in a given place, state, state relation, or expectancy. So it's an active abiding in His Word. If I abide in my Word, then I'm going to stay in His Word. And this is logos. This is not Rama. This is the entire cover to cover. Stay in my Word. You will abide. You will stay in the place inside my Word. You will stay in this... Um, Uh, state in other words this now will begin to frame what you think and how you respond to life how you respond to people what you say, what you do, what you don't do you will stay in um, relation with me you will not come out of agreement with my words because my words are where I'm telling you to stay in relationship with me and you will stay in expectancy of these words being fulfilled and that will make you a disciple. You will be noted by me, by my Father as a disciple. And you'll know the truth, and here's the bonus. Everything, every discipline Jesus gives me is for a bonus or a fruit that will be marked that's gonna make a, a distinction from me, from Tom, Dick, and Harry down the road. You're gonna know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So there's going to be a, a liberation a freedom, and they answered, "These are the believers." The believers answered, "We are Abraham's descendants and have never been in bondage to anyone. How can you say you will make me free?" So, be i I've learned that the word usually offends me before it helps me. It usually challenges my thinking, to which I can def, refute it, and uh, that's totally fine with God because if you'll stay with Him, He'll He'll walk the conversation to the back to himself Jesus answered most surely I say to you whoever commits sin is a slave of sin now he's breaking down uh you know this is you know you can you can think you've got something because you're descendant of something but you're nothing if you're still if you're living in sin you're a slave of sin doesn't matter who you call yourself or who's your parents you're a slave of sin and a slave does not abide in the house forever but a son abides forever Therefore, if the Son makes you free, you shall be free indeed. So the Scripture, in offending me, will take me to the issue that God wants to deal with, and then will bring me to the one who can set me free, Jesus. So the truth makes me free. If it offends me, it'll bring me to Jesus. If it doesn't offend me and I say, yes, I receive it, it brings, then I'm, I'm in a... Phenomenal place of, yay, I accept it as truth. But then if I'm in an offended position, Lord, I am not. I don't get this. We have this conversation. Eventually, I'm going to come to Jesus and bow my knee and say, I don't get all this, but I accept it. I need you. I need you. I need you. First sign of a disciple, abiding in the Logos. Second sign is uh, chapter 14, 15. I know some of this is a review from us. And I'll begin uh, in verse, verse 1. Is this worth it? Oh, no, I'm going to run out of time if I do that. Um, verse 7, then. I just got to jump ahead. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples. This, verse 7 to 8, I believe for me is the essence of successful intercession or in all, in all prayer, answered prayer. How answered prayer is prayed. How prayer is answered. Begins in verse 7. If you abide in me, if you stay in the given place, state, relation, and expectancy. Anticipate. It's like I'm, I'm amplifying the scripture by doing that. That's what I'm the Amplified Bible is just taking words and enlarging them in the fuller meaning so you're gonna gonna, I need you to abide in me and my words abide in you, now this is the word rhema, it's not the logos, I can't get the whole Bible in me, but the ones that the Holy Spirit speaks while I'm reading and listening and they're spoken words, they're the ones that need to abide in me and if those two, those two practices of abiding, abiding, so again, it's so funny, all of the signs of a disciple show up from an abiding position, not from a doing. So if you abide in me and my words abide in you, then you will ask what you desire and it'll be done for you. This union that we come into in in intentional I'm abiding in you Jesus my identity is in Christ remember I am in Christ I accept that as truth I can't produce it and often I don't even perform like it's true but it's still true I'm in Christ and I've been made alive with him I've been raised with him I'm seated with him in heavenly places in Christ so I'm accepting truths that I may or may not have experience with but I still accept them and now choose to abide there with him. Which is really important because now we're talking about how does Psalm 2, Psalm 110, Psalm 83 become a place where we can grow in utter, uttermost confidence that they are being demonstrated now or to be demonstrated in the is because we're abiding in Jesus. And his words that he's given us to abide in are abiding in us. And now we're asking from that place of in Christ's completion and in the Word's truth. And the possibility is unlimited. Unlimited. I have not seen or ear heard what God's prepared. And the Father is glorified through answered prayer. All prayer is to be answered. God wants answered prayer more than because it brings glory to the Father. It begins to be a demonstration of God's movement on the earth and throughout the earth. And we bear much fruit. That's the fruit. And the fruit begins in my heart, fruit of the Spirit. The first sign of an answered prayer is peace. Right? Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, with prayer and supplication and thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. And the peace of God that passes all understanding will guard your heart, and your mind. So the first sign that you're on connection is peace starts to rest over you and in you and through us. And that is discipleship. Last one, chapter 15 still, verse uh, 9. As the Father loved me, I also have loved you. Abide in my love. Abide in my word. Abide in me. My words abide in you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, you will abide in my love just as I've kept my father's commandments and abide in his love. These things I've spoken to you that my joy may remain in you and that your joy may be full. This is my commandment that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this that he lay down his life for his friends. You are my friends if you do whatever I command you. No longer I do I call you servants, for a servant does not know what his master is doing, but I've called you friends. For all things that I've heard from the Father I've made known to you. And you did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you. In chapter 13, Jesus had said in that commandment, if you love one another as I've loved you, you will be my, the world will know you are my disciples. So now now let's just talk about agreement for 10 minutes. I start every day there. Every day I recalibrate my mouth and my heart to accept this as true. I don't feel it, many times I feel far from it, but I accept it, which I believe is what faith is. It's accepting revelation as truth without the ability to perform it, but yet unwilling to relent. So the union that we've been given is not one that's just kind of like mist in the air like fog in the morning that blows away or it's 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 substantiated inside the scripture of truth and so the center centerpiece of abiding in Christ is word abiding in me so i come now and now this will apply to my marriage to my children to my 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 calling, my work, my neighborhood, my nation, Israel. It just always works back outward. And for instance, Jesus will not deny himself. He will not come out of agreement with his resurrection, his triumph, his victory, his resolution of all things that have been done, his intercession. He will not disagree. With God, he, will, he and God are in perfect agreement. The covenant between father and son is un, unalterable, and he will, not, he will not step out of it, even for us. If he deny him, he will, not, he will deny us. He, he will not deny, and if we are faithless, he will be faithful because he will not deny himself. He is committed to that. So it behooves me to agree with him. To come back into the testimony. John, 1 John 5 says. This is the testimony. That God has given concerning his son. He has given us eternal life. And this life is in his son. He who has the son has life. He who does not have the son. Does not have life. So life is in the son. I have to accept everything. And anything that I'm facing. That struggle. If I'm sick. I have to accept the fact that in Christ I'm healed. If I am in Utter confusion and fear, I have to accept that in Christ He is clear, full of peace, and He is wisdom for me from God. So I don't deny where I am. I accept I am very very honest about my reality. But reality is a lie if it is not agreeing with the truth. And the truth does not have to be substantiated to be received. It just has to be accepted and then given place in our our conversation. It's what the Hebrews calls the confession of our hope. It's that conversation that we continue back to God that God gave to us. It's saying back to God what we're hearing God say to us. And that is the level of, that's where the maturity factor starts to really, um, it requires that. I have to, so... What happens over time is that I'll, I'll wake up or I'll be f- confronted with facing something, pressure that's come upon me, illness or conflict or struggles, and it will do all this, like reading, like watching the news does, right? just kind of moves you off your center. You start getting swept into the emotion, the fear, the anger, the, the angst, the what do I do, what do I need to do, oh, no. And I can go like that. But the Bible says clearly that if I don't know what to do, I can ask God and he'll give me wisdom. But I have to ask in faith because if, if I come out of faith, then God isn't even going to listen to me and won't do anything for me because I'm a double-minded man. A double-minded man is a two-soul man, two suitcase, double suitcase. That means I have a soul that I have inside of my 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 compartmentalized belief of God, and then I have another soul that I work with in the reality of the world that I'm dealing with. I operate in the world one way, operate in the little compartment of being a worshipper this way, and God says, "No, that's double-minded. My truth applies everywhere. My my will covers everything. My word." He substantiates any place. My son is the answer to everything. He must be given preeminence. He must be given the first place. And that's, then you can ask, in the midst of where you are, what do I do? And he's wisdom from God and all the things that come. But we're not disengaging. So, the, so what happens over time, and I, I believe the Lord will, he'll, exp, he'll, he'll expedite this. You begin with the word, in Christ, words being spoken, abiding in His love, letting that posture, and you take time, and you say, "Okay, today's the day. Now I want to just uh, I'm going to stay here until these things again have I've submitted to. I've I've surrendered. My emotions have surrendered. My thoughts have surrendered. My my decision making is being surrendered, and I'm just going to stay here because. There's no need for me to run around and try to figure something else. I don't need to search the internet to find God. I need to find God in the spirit and truth. So here I am. And I just, I just, I'll just, I'll use my mouth. Remember, without a mouth and a believing heart, you're going to, you, we drift. But the mouth, the mouth identifies us. So we're saved through our confession and our, and the impartation of the righteousness is through the believing. So I'll just, and again, but believing isn't like, um, it isn't like that I feel like I believe. Accepted as truth. Accepted revelation is faith. I accept this as truth. So, so Lord, I have to accept to you today, that I want to come to you in the knowledge that Jesus Christ is the sufficiency of all things. He's the Lord of everything. He's the high priest. He's the king. He is indeed ruling over the nations. He dashes them to pieces whenever he chooses, whenever it's necessary. He makes decisions regarding everything. And without his will for a change, nothing will change. But if he chooses a change, it will not be able to not be changed. So I just say, I am inside of Christ. And the testimony that you've given of your son is he is life. And therefore, everything that concerns this life, Zao, is now fulfilled in Jesus' zoe life, and so I acknowledge it. I am in the healed. See, the reason intercession is going to start taking a new level of authority is that we actually already see Jesus there. He is the Lord of Gaza. No matter what man's doing, he's the Lord of Israel. He's the Holy One of Israel. Doesn't matter what Israel's doing. He's the Lord of of our family. If we see Him that way, we begin to then say, "Well, then the circumstances that are in conflict are in conflict because they don't want to submit, which is they want to rebel. But they don't get to rebel because God isn't going to let them rebel. He's going to call things into His order. But until then, I'm going to be in fellowship and union with Him and enjoy Him. And so the possi- so what happens, and I got to close. we keep returning ourselves to the center of agreement if I'm divided then I am a double minded man and I'll not receive anything and I'll go around constantly crying out somebody help my soul I'm not feeling right about this I need to be reaffirmed those are prayers to pray to God and press into him and say Lord I am really losing it here I'm having a hard time holding my place Here's how I feel these are the thoughts I'm feeling and seeing this is the fear I'm having but the truth is your son is seated at the right hand and nothing is not under his authority and his name is powerful and great so I want there I accept this is truth but I need to draw to you with you and tell you here's here I am what will happen is this, Reality will begin to be eclipsed by the truth of what God is. What God has done, and at first place, you will note is you, you. We come back in alignment. We come back from being double-minded. Uh, we have a, a faith in God that's compartmentalized, and then tossed to and fro and carried about by every wind of doctrine throughout the rest of the life, and it all starts coming back and back. And back and when that happens the peace of God and the righteousness and the joy and so we can extend that prayer in, in the macro toward Israel in the macro toward the United States uh, regarding our next house, speaker of the house now I'm not telling God who he should get, he didn't ask me, I'm just telling agreeing with him that he's in charge and bring about it through the peaceful fruit of righteousness to the the wisdom from above, I just I just say the wisdom of this world fleshly that's not to operate because you are the judge, lawgiver, and you are the king. That's the three forms of our government came out of Isaiah. so I just call you back to your place. I acknowledge that you are all of this, and so step into an unruly house and motives of men that are wrong and wicked and selfish and bring about, because you are the one who can, heart changes, and help us in mercy, please. Show mercy, and you, you find, you can expand it that way over our children, our marriage, we can, you know, and the closer someone is, the more we can actually ourselves come into agreement with each other, which is really powerful. But we can't come into agreement with each other except it's through the Word of God and the Spirit of God and, and Jesus and submission to the same Jesus, same Word. And then, then the freedom of flexibility to follow the multi- multiple layers, multifaceted wisdom of God, always multifaceted. And... Anyway, we're we're out of time. Let's stand up. I just I, I encourage you men. Practice, practice this abiding until it bears fruit, until you until you it's your go-to every day, so that you know how to go through the day. And when you start building that, it will be, as we've you know, it will be, it will be. It will be what God ordained it to be. We will all be that one body and so forth. So if you hold up your hands, you've got to be super. I, God's really, Lord Jesus, you looked upon these men and you've chosen them. I believe that with all my heart. You've chosen us to step into this call of intercession, which intercession is to step inside a breach and begin to call it back into its divine design and order And call forth the name of the one who can only fix and resolve. No allegiance to man. All allegiance to God. Lord, mature us. You are maturing us. You've given us multiple challenges so that we can learn you in the midst of them. I pray grace upon us as men. I pray grace upon us to hear you over ourselves, over our marriages, over our children over our work, over our church, over our community, over our nation, over Israel. And would you begin to, uh, from the same place of union with you, allow us to ask anything we desire and it be done for us, for your glory, for your namesake. So the Father will be glorified, and he will... Bear, we bearing much fruit will prove to be your disciples. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Bless you guys. Practice. See you Wednesday night if you can be here.